been a little while. Wait a second here. As you know, I like to do this stuff kind of rough and ready, raw and uncut, so I had to turn my TV down some. It's been a while since I've talked to you guys, made a, a video or a podcast, so let's go through this. Um, on Twitter, I'm at the real underscore Big John. On Parlor, it's at the Real Big John. On Rumble, this is Americana, the American Way. And on YouTube, this is Panic Attack with Big John, as well as the Anchor app or Anchor.fm, the Panic Attack with Real Big John, or the Panic Attack with Big John. So. Um, start out with a, a little sad, sad news. Um, I haven't been following wrestling other than the big, uh, WWE shows that have taken place, uh, lately. A and, uh, I came to find, uh, December 26th, quite shockingly, a wrestler named, by the ring name, Brody Lee, uh, his real name is John, without an H, something. Let's see if I can find it real quick. Those of you that only watch WWE would know him as Luke Harper. Um, of course, this isn't going to give Jonathan Huber was his real name, Jonathan Huber, Brody Lee, Luke Harper, whatever you want to call him by, uh, spent two months in the Mayo Clinic, Jacksonville, Florida branch, um, with a non-COVID lung illness, uh, I don't know if that means pneumonia. It uh, could have been like COPD. Uh, there's a lot of lung illnesses out there. Could have been lung cancer uh, that they didn't discover until too late. I guess you know one day he was doing his uh, Peloton workout or something, and he just didn't have the energy. Uh, I think it may have happened over a few weeks, but. He was realizing that when he was doing his workouts, he didn't have the energy, couldn't catch his breath back like he normally could. So he went to the hospital and uh, died a couple months later. Uh, that's all the information that's out now, and that's all that's, that's really anybody's business. Um, you know, the man left behind wife and children. Uh, he was a good man by anybody's uh, accounts. There's uh, a, a guy who uh, met him. I was reading on, I think it was a Facebook post down in the comments. A guy put um, that he 
he met uh, Brody Lee, Luke Harper, at a movie theater, and I think the man was in a wheelchair, and uh, Brody Lee, you know, carried his tub of popcorn and pop and stuff to to his seat for the man, and you know, acted like, oh, it's no no big deal to me. I, you know, this is just what I I do. Um, so it, that's really a you know a good good person. Uh, Forty one years old, three years younger than me, and um, I, I would say gone too soon. Uh, now some wrestlers. Um, are doing different fundraising things for his family. Um, I don't know what he left behind, what kind of uh, salary. I'm sure, uh, you know, the Khan family who he was working for will do something for his family. Uh, but Mick Foley and CM Punk have donated, are going to donate proceeds from their merchandise sales to uh, Brody Lee's family over a certain period of time. Um, I'm not, it's just, it's just sad when you think about this, you know. Here's a guy who's in his pr the prime of his life. I know I feel like 40 is old, but really, you know, when you get into the professional wrestling world and you, you to get to the level he was at um you know you you really have to pay a lot of dues do a lot of traveling uh wrestling a lot of high school gyms for 20 bucks um you know and, and i don't know what all he did outside of wrestling until he became a a WWE mainstay, and then a mainstay in uh, all elite wrestling. Uh, in fact, he was a big surprise in all elite wrestling. Him and Matt Hardy debuted the same night, and everyone thought Matt Hardy was going to be the leader of this group called the Dark Order. And they swerved everyone and made Luke or made Brody Lee. The leader of the Dark Order. And Brody Lee did a, a wonderful job there. Uh, he did a lot of great Vince McMahon uh, <laughs> spoofs, I guess you would call them. Uh, and some vignettes. So, uh, you know, t it takes a while to get to that point. And he was still, in my opinion, a, a newcomer to wrestling fans and to, you know, the big-time wrestling. Uh, you know, he could have had, you know, another four or five years uh, at the top of the mid-card. And, you know, if it's what he wanted to do, he could have had a backstage role in one of these companies. So... It just really strikes you, you know. And happening the day after Christmas, you know, really, really hard. So, um, let's give, give me a minute to regroup from that.
get my mind set here. Christmas. I, uh, <laughs> I, I had quite the adventure. Um, December 23rd, um, a friend of mine, she was my friend, girlfriend for a short while, um, returned. She and I kind of agreed to part ways and she went to California to start a new life and that didn't work out for her so she came back home well um, I was very frank in the fact that I, you know I knew what uh, demons she had and I wanted to help her with these and we were all in agreement on that and it was hey babe, hey baby, honey pie, sugar bunch, whatever and uh, we, you know, hung out, we went Christmas shopping, um, everything was cool. Christmas Day, uh, we didn't spend together. She spent with her, her son and her family. Um, I went with went to drop off presents for her son at her house. And because we had a snowstorm Christmas Eve into Christmas morning, but by Christmas afternoon I was it was over, sun was out. Some of the main roads had been plowed, but her side street had not. So, and I didn't scrape the rear windshield of my car or else I would have seen I was backing up towards a ditch, which the right left, no, the driver's side of my car went halfway into the ditch and um, luckily somebody came to pull me out before I had to call AAA. There was probably somebody came along and pushed me out. So I finally made it to my mother's for Christmas dinner and gift exchange and enjoyed a fine meal. A good time was had by all until I tried to pull out of the ditch that she calls a parking space. So the ditch basically goes and then you park here, park down to kind of the flat part. So I, you know, angled my car to pull out like I normally would. Um, and made it part of the way out. And the front end of my car was on the road spinning the tires. And the butt end was stuck in the ditch. And no matter what, just couldn't make any traction. Finally, a couple of good Samaritans came along and gave me a poosh. Still doesn't top the Christmas Day 1994 
that I spent with my uh, my cousin's wife's cousin home alone, two teenagers with the house all to themselves on Christmas Day. Well, Christmas morning I opened presents with my cousin, his wife, and the kid. And then, um, yeah, the uh, cousin's cousin's cousin, whatever she was, and I spent a heck of a day together. So, then on December 26th, I got into a heated argument because for some reason, this girlfriend of mine has size 12 pair of Air Jordans that she left at my house um, when she decided she was going to move to Cali and start over. So I'm like, well, it must not be important. And I, I mean, you know, they're supposed to be women's shoes. I'm like, I look at the tongue and it says size 12. I'm like, well, I wear an 11 and a half or 12. I just got a new pair of Air Jordans. So when she came back, she, you know, oh, those are my shoes. I want them back. And she already had on Jordans that she wore all the time. And, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, I was sarcastic with her a couple of times about the shoes. And I'm going to give them back to you. You know, just chill. And I'm thinking, you know, you're my girlfriend. You shouldn't give a crap whether or not I'm wearing supposedly your shoes. Uh, but we got in a big fight over that December 26th. And uh, some cop buddies of mine warned me that she wasn't back to uh, make her life better. You know, that she was still going down a dark road um, so I said screw it you're a piece of trash you're drug trafficking you're hey, I had no part of that so that's why I kicked her to the curb the first time and why I, I tried to get her to sign a contract that if she was going to stay with me and be with me she had to go to rehab and straighten up but that didn't happen, so I was looking around the internet today, and uh, guys and gals, I've done this many times. Um, if whenever you meet somebody new, somebody you're not sure of, um, most court records are online, and I found out today by searching court records, she has a trial coming up in. January for petty theft and possession of break-in equipment. So basically before we got together a couple months ago, uh, albeit a very open relationship and probably only in my imagination because she was using and abusing me, using me for money and I shouldn't bring the word abuse into it. Um, she was evidently breaking into houses. So, we live and we learn, people. <laughs> um, on ye to politicking. Um, so everyone's talking about this January 6th. January 6th. The big day. Big day. D-Day. The 6th of January. So let's kind of reset our brains here since... 
we've covered some heavy topics, Christmas, relationships. Um, by the way, go back to, let me jump back to Christmas. I always enjoy, my fa- people ask me my favorite part of Christmas. And now that I'm old, fody foe, middle-aged, my favorite thing is to go to a good Christmas Eve candlelight service at a church and just fellowship with other uh, people, uh, talk about the birth of Jesus, um, and then uh, a candlelight service, if you don't know, uh, they pass out little candles, or I don't know, big little, it depends on how big you are, I guess, but they pass out candles, and <clears throat> there's one main candle that represents, you know, the light of the world, which was Jesus. And from that candle, the pastor lights the first person's candle, and you go around the room and you share the light, uh, and you sing Silent Night, sometimes twice, depends on how many times or how long it takes everyone to get their candles lit. Uh, And this one church that I go to, they sing Happy Birthday Jesus after they sing, we sing Silent Night. I just thought that was cute, you know. Um, And the pastor and his family, and now his daughter and her family, have uh, a tradition that uh, the day around Christmas, we'll just say, uh, they bake a birthday cake for Jesus, and they put Happy Birthday Jesus and the J in Jesus is a candy cane upside down. So, you know, just there's different things, you know, different traditions, different churches have different ways of doing it. The Presbyterian Church, you know, every church I've gone to has been very Bible-based. Um, but the, these ones that have the candlelight evening service, um, whether it's the Living Well Church in Wellsville, which was a, a Nazarene church, at one time, I don't know if they're still Nazarene or if they're an independent non-denominational, but they have a good church service Christmas Eve. Uh, the first Christian church that I go to, I go to a couple of different churches. Um, and then the Presbyterian church I grew up in always had great Christmas Eve candlelight services. Um, that's my favorite part of Christmas now. So... Let's hit a reset here. talking January January 6th. January 6th, the electoral count takes place. Lovely. Lovely. Wonderfully. Um, and there's a lot being said about this. Let me get serious for a minute. 
There's a lot being said about this. And there's a report out here by the Congressional Research Service. And it's called the Electoral College, colon, a 2020 presidential election timeline. I'll uh, figure a way to put this in the uh, description because it's a pretty nice article. And it's nonpartisan. It's just the facts. So, But the things that um, have caught my eye in this uh, are a couple of sections. So... The one section is called Faithless Electors, Independent or Bound to the Vote of, for the People's Choice. The role of presidential elect electors has been widely debated. Some observers claim they are free agents, while others maintain they must vote for the candidate to whom they are pledged. Although this is not required by the Constitution, in some years, faithless electors have voted against their party's nominees, although they have never influenced the, par never influenced the presidential election outcome. 33 states and the District of Columbia have laws or party regulations that require electors to vote for the people's choice in their state, and in some states, faithless electors may be replaced or be subject to various penalties. January 6, 2020, or pardon me, pardon me, I misread that. July 6, 2020, Supreme Court ruling on faithless electors. Uh, Chafolo versus Washington. The constitutionality of the state measures to prohibit or penalize faithless electors has been debated for many years. On July 6, 2020, the Supreme Court ruled in Chafolo versus Washington that laws penalizing or replacing faithless electors are constitutionally valid. For further information and legal an analysis, see CRS Legal Sidebar LSB 10515. Supreme Court clarifies Rules for elector, Electoral College. States may restrict faithless electors, which explains the court's decision on uh, and reviews its broader implications. So, January 6, 2021, Joint Session of Congress to Count Electoral Votes and Declare election results meets on january 6th or another date set by law the senate and house of representatives assemble at 1 p.m in a joint session at the capitol in the house chambers 
to count the electoral votes and declare the results, the Vice President, as President of the Senate, the Vice President opens the certificates and presents them to four tellers, two from each chamber. The tellers read and make a list of the returns. When the votes have been ascertained and counted, the tellers transmit to the vice president, transmit them to the vice president, pardon me. If one of the tickets has received a majority of 270 or more electoral votes, the vice president announces the results, which shall be deemed sufficient declaration of the person, infinity, or if any, <laughs> sorry, I'm reading this without my glasses on, elected president and vice president. So let me read this again. Quote, shall be deemed a sufficient declaration of the person, if any, elected president and vice president. So, Joint session challenges to electoral vote returns. While the tellers announce the results, members may object to the return from any individual state as they are announced. Objections to individual state returns must be in writing by at least one member of each the, of the Senate and House of Representatives. If any objection meets these requirements, the joint session recesses and the two houses separate and debate the question and the respective chamber for a maximum of two hours. The two houses then vote separately to accept or reject the objection. They then reassemble the joint session and announce the results of the respective votes. Any objection to a state's electoral votes must be approved by both houses in order for any contested votes to be excluded. For additional information, see CRS Report R1, or wait a second, R, let me just put my stupid glasses on, or this will be forever. Sorry about the glare on my spectacles. RL32717, Counting Electoral Votes, an Overview of Procedures at the Joint Session, including objections by members of Congress, coordinated by Elizabeth Rybecki and L. Page Whitaker. So uh, a lot of people are thinking Mike Pence has a lot of power on this day. From that article it doesn't sound like it to me someone said that oh, on this day if um an objection is filed let's just say jim jordan from the house representatives and there are seven states in question that have sent dueling slates of electors. Mike Pence, or pardon me, Jim Jordan and Ted Cruz team up 
and object to Pennsylvania's electors. And then Rand Paul and uh, Mr. Smith object to George's electors. And then there's, you know, five other states out there. If that then, if some people are saying that if those objections happen, you know that maybe the Senate will vote with Trump, although I'm not positive, because Mitt Romney has already vowed to vote against Trump in these objections. The House, you know, will be more than likely a party line vote against Trump. But if Trump were to win the Senate vote and Biden were to win the House vote on these objections, according to this, those electors would not be thrown out. But the thing is, if you have dueling electors, which electors do you accept? So, people are saying, well, Pence can throw out both sets of electors. So, uh, more research needs to be done. I don't do your research for you. I don't tell you how to think. I just, I lay it out for you to play it out. So, think about it. Research and tell me what you think. Because, truthfully, every article I read, and when I read this, um, when I read the Constitution, it's very broad and vague on this topic. Uh, Every article I read, which you can't believe anything in the media anymore, has a different tale to tell. And uh, when I read this electoral law of, uh, was it 1887 or something like that? That had a different ring to it than what I'm hearing in the media uh, in the um, online media, uh, and when I say online media, I mean, you know, Dinesh D'Souza, Tim Poole, um, all these people that do their research and make videos like myself, Steven Crowder, you know, and then you go to the, the lame stream media, and they're just like all wackadoo everywhere. The other thing going on January 6th, Trump's inviting his constituency to Washington, okay, let me get straight here. Trump's invited his constituents to Washington for January 6th to show their support for him and be in Congress, the Congress's ear, and say, look, these elections were fraudulent. That's what Trump wants his constituents to tell people. In my opinion, from what I've read and heard and seen and thunk, uh, you can't convince me that they were not. There are now reports that there are 200,000 more votes in Pennsylvania than there are voters. Uh, 
that right there should throw out Pennsylvania's electoral votes. Uh, now, rumors have it, you know, voting glitches in Antrim County and other places in Michigan. Uh, Trump was, after the Antrim County audit, Trump actually won the county by thousands of votes. Well, you do that enough times, Trump wins Michigan. But there's no forensic uh, audit going on in all of the counties of Michigan that use this Dominion software. So there could possibly someday in the future we could go back and say, well, oopsie daisies, Trump won this election. Uh, I believe that that's already happened. And I believe that, you know, there was uh, election fraud. There is a difference in voter fraud and election fraud. We saw many of things in, let's say, um, Georgia going on. It looked crazy. And we've seen no audits of the votes. Uh, there's a difference in a, in a recount where you run the ballot through the machine a second time. Uh, there's a difference in a hand count. And there's a difference in an audit where, you know, the, the signature, the poll book, uh, the envelope that the absentee ballot came in have to all match up. So there are big differences here. And these things are not being audited. These elections are not being audited. If anything, they're just running the ballots through the machines a second time. Well, of course, the results aren't going to change. And if you do a hand recount, the votes won't change by much. What you have to do is audit the votes is what they're saying. They feel like people that were not legal citizens, people who were deceased, uh, a number of other things voted in this election. And that's what the audit would reveal. So, moving right along, foot loose and fancy free, moving right along. Um, so, the other day, the House and the Senate passed uh, a relief package. Attached to the relief package was another omnibus spending bill. There were two bills and they got combined into one which happens all the time in the swamp people attach their pork barrel package to a bill that other representatives and senators would look bad not voting for and then the president would look bad for vetoing it well we finally have a president that says eh -eh, not gonna happen uh 10 million dollars for gender studies education in Pakistan, millions of dollars for uh, democracy in Venezuela, which, <laughs> by the way, is where the uh, Dominion software voting machines originated, and then the company changed hands many times. Uh, but anywho, you got millions and, and millions and billions in foreign aid. After government has shut down these United States, 
there was more foreign aid passed in this bill than uh, other thing, uh, anything that the United States is getting in COVID relief. While businesses are shutting down, people are going hungry. I tell you right now, landlords do not care that Congress passed a moratorium on um, evictions. They're not going to care unless Congress sends them a check on behalf of the tenant. And that's what these millions of dollars that were sent overseas should have been spent on. You can't turn the renter against the landlord and say, oh, your landlord's rich. They can afford to let you not pay rent. Bull crap. That's not Congress's job to say that, think that, or anything. So I think the eviction crisis is going to continue. A last-ditch dire hope for those of us well, not me, I'm an essential worker, but our last hope, hope-a-dope, ropey-dope, was uh, getting some stimulus money. And the Congress passed $600 in stimulus and then billions in foreign aid, more foreign aid than aid to the United States. Two bills combined. So Trump vetoed that. The House overrode his veto. Uh, the Senate, well, the House overrode the veto and added $2,000 checks. Now Mitch McConnell says, well, I'm going to play Washington politics, swamp politics, with the American people. And, you know, we're just going to drag our feet in the Senate. Uh now that the House has added $2,000 stimulus checks. But Steve Mnuchin, it's been a while since I've had to say his name, but the boss over at the Treasury Department, says that the $600 payments could be going out tomorrow. Okay, and there's no article here. Let's see if we scroll back to the top and see something here. Okay, here it goes. My bad. So, CNBC reports $600 st stimulus payments will start going out Tuesday night, Treasury Secretary uh, Munchen says. Munchen. Munich. M-U-N-C-H-I-N. That's what he he says. Let me get the article back up here where it's readable. I'll read it to you. Good news is this is a very, very fast way to get money into the economy. Let me emphasize. People are going to see this money and begin at the beginning of the week. Munchen told CNBC host Jim Cramer. So far... It's very fast. It's money that gets circulated in the economy, he added. People go out and they spend this money. It helps small businesses 
and it helps get more people back to work. Bill signed by Trump late Sunday night, and he did sign this bill, that's right. Um, he redlined a lot of the things like foreign aid that he didn't feel should have been in the bill, though. Um, Trump signed late Sunday to extend key unemployment benefits, allocated additional funds to small business. The last-minute rush to send the stimulus checks reflects the garnetated task-facing gargantuan, sorry, task facing the Trump administration in its final weeks. I don't know if it's the final weeks yet. The payments start as some in the Senate push to pass legislation that will increase direct payments in the year-end coronavirus relief package to $2,000. The House already approved a bill. Senate Majority Mitch McConnell on Tuesday blocked the Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer's attempt to unanimously pass a bill that would dump that would bump up the direct payments to two thousand uh, dollars. Mitch McConnell right now is pissing on Donald Trump's foot. Donald Trump has called out Republicans for dragging their feet and monkeying around getting these bills passed for the people. Now, at first, it was Nancy Pelosi that held it back. Now it's uh, my own party. And I just, frankly, when I paid four grand in taxes this year, which isn't a lot, but I'm an independent contractor, so it hits me all at once. And um, I have to make, like, installment payments. Um, I mean, I could make payments throughout the year, but I, I just, I don't. Um, even though I should, um, you look at this and you go, you know, I pay my taxes. I work. I'm an American citizen. Government takes a lot from me. Why shouldn't I get something back? They bailed out Wall Street. They bailed out the banks, uh, in 2008, 2010. You had a a thing called cash for clunkers with Obama where they had people trade in their old cars with certain stipulations for newer, more efficient cars. And this was supposed to be like a economic stimulus and it was supposed to, you know, be environmental. It was just a way for the Democrats to buy votes and say, oh, look, we gave everybody in America a new car. You know, as long as they trade in their old, you know, gas-guzzling car. And it's like, you know, there were just so many gimmicks about, you know, going on. Uh, they gave a stimulus check to some people uh, under Obama, I think, uh, because, you know, you had the supposed Bush recession and, you know, to me, the trademark of the Bush years was, was everyone was driving a big SUV, a big 4x4 pickup truck. 
that was the the thing, and people could afford it. People first, you know, when Bush came in, we were in the Clinton recession. Then Bush redlined the economy. He let his buddies gouge us on gasoline prices. All this and that. Then you had Obama who did nothing. Economic hit, or unemployment hit record highs. They blamed Bush for eight years. Now, towards the end of Obama, the unemployment did come down, but Trump got it even lower. And every economics person will tell you that, you know, the Trump economic plan helped. Now, you know, we've got Congress, senators, who are still getting paychecks, still supposedly going to work every day. They're, they're, they're saying, well, the American people don't deserve this money. Uh, if we're going to give away money, why don't we give $10,000 or $20,000 or blah, blah, blah. It's like, hey, 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 that ain't your money. That's our money. You know, you were given it in good faith to use it and spend it wisely. And it's questionable whether or not the government spends our money wisely. Very questionable. And I see that this now, the dragging of the feet to get this package passed as Republicans thumbing their nose at Trump. Well, we never liked you anyways, except some of us like the wackos like Ted Cruz and Rand Paul, and uh, I don't consider them wackos, but Mitch McConnell does. Um, but I see the establishment Republicans going, look, we used you to get our judges, we used you to get uh, our elections, and now, you know, you're, you're on your way out. You know, we'll, we'll get another lackey in there in four years maybe and we'll move on well Trumpism's not moving on I'm not moving on from it I didn't move on from the religious right I still base my core values and my votes on my religious values and I still base my votes and Opinions on a constitutional republic uh, way of thinking. And, you know, Donald Trump had a lot of those values, um, oddly enough. So the Republican Party needs to get its crap together. The Democrat Party needs to become an American Democrat Party, not a Democratic Socialist Party. And they need to fo both focus on America first and stop hee-hawing around with these uh, bills to help Americans. So with that, I'll wrap this up. Thank you very much. God bless you. Have a great night. Um, pray for each other. And uh, we'll see you next time on Americana the American Way.